0: feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. So thank you so much, Robin, for joining me today. Robin Schiller said yes when I reached out to her last week about my podcast, and it's really a delight to speak with you today because I I asked you after I saw you speak about essential oils and horses, and I thought, oh. There's something there. I need to talk to her. So welcome. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm dabbling in the in the essential oils. I wouldn't. I've had um, one of the Young Living uh, representatives come out, and she did the raindrop technique on a couple of our horses, and so it piqued my interest. And I have a box full of oils now.
0: Yes, that seems to be what happens. I, any tool that helps a being is a good one to have in the arsenal.
1: Yeah and especially if it can help in the place of a, a medicine I think is
0: good. Yeah, we don't always have to go but they can complement each other, right? It's almost like a right. front first a first aid let's let's go to something less dramatic up front and if it doesn't work then it can progress. Yep. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Robin? I was
1: raised on a small ranch my mom got me into horses I actually rode horses before I walked so I have been around them my whole life and went through the whole 4-H system and you know started competing when I was five stopped during my high school years because I was more interested in boys and I was a cheerleader so I did that instead of horses unless it meant that boys would come over and want to ride the one horse we had at the time And then once I graduated high school, I got drawn back into the horses and started competing again. And luckily, my mom, you know, she's very supportive. She was the best horse show mom you could have. And then after uh, I stopped showing, she started or you know, not stopped showing, but got married, and she started showing. So she... She's still, well, she's 77 now, and she hasn't shown in a couple years, but she would still love to, I'm sure.
0: Wow. There's, there's a long career to showing, then. Holy smokes. Yeah. Very cool. I'm just yeah, dabbling in the horse world in the last year, and I tell you, the joy factor is huge. Yeah, you
1: know, Warwick, Warwick talks about the whole 10 year old girl training, and, you know, that's how it was for me when I was little, it was more, there was really no, you know, tech. I mean, I took equitation lessons and from a horrible, you know, mean old lady who yelled at us. And, but, you know, we didn't, didn't feel like we had to train the horses. I think because there was such a connection and such a, you know, they were, they were your friends more than, than an animal. They were, he was my friend. He was my friend. He was my transportation. He was, you know, anything I did was on my horse. So, you know, we had a really strong connection and and even after high school I think I kept that connection as well. And the reason I say that my mom raised a lot of horses and, and the fact that we've never been hurt doing what you know, looking back now, knowing what I know, that's the only thing that that explains why we were never hurt and injured <laughs> or killed because we had a strong connection with them.
0: Wow. There's a lot of things
1: wrong believe me.
0: That's quite a revelation because you know a horse knows what they're doing all the time and so to respect the the person that has them in their care so to speak and never hurt them is, is speaks volumes about connection really because yeah. there's yeah. a lot of people that get hurt. For sure.
1: Um, and then, you know, it just made sense. I, I had met Warwick at a, at a show while he came over uh, from Australia to, to learn more. And I did a stint living in an apartment in San Jose, which is a large city. And I decided that that was not, I didn't want that, that I needed to, you know, I needed to have horses in my life. And Warwick, you know, kind of appeared at that time. And so it was just, that was what worked out. And, you know, marrying a horse trainer was probably the best thing I ever did is in the eyes of my mother. <laughs> <She laughs> that was pretty great. And then, you know, because I married a horse trainer, I had to have the real job. And so I, I worked mm-hmm. in human resources most of our marriage up until this point, until the YouTube kind of took off and the subscription took off to where we were either going to need to hire somebody to help out with the business or it made more sense for me to quit the corporate stuff and run the business. Although, you know, managing work is much harder than any other job I've ever had.
0: <laughs> having interviewed him, he's, he's alluded to that. He's like, I just do the next thing. And that drives my wife a little crazy. I seem to remember that quote. <laughs> she likes to plan and I don't plan. I don't plan. So no, it's come no. full circle. Yeah. And there is a business that you're having to run and like... The dynamics of being married and in business at the same time. I, when I watch your subscription in the videos, and he's a natural on camera and very well at describing what he's trying to get across. From the moment I watched him on YouTube, I'm like, he's doing marriage counseling. He's talking about horses, but he's doing marriage <laughs> counseling. <laughs> so it's this subtle way of improving everybody's lives in every area of their lives really is how i see it it's it's just fascinating that the venue is through horses to me because the right people will do anything for their animal i think
1: it's it's fascinating to us that it has evolved to be that you know being in hr Mm -hmm. early on when warwick would you know he would he obviously trained for the public so he had, we had clients and you know the, the horse training part was easy it was the it was the interpersonal stuff with the owners that was always hard for him and so looking back now i think he listened quite well to my coaching it may not have seemed at the time but you know i would give him tips on how to approach or you know he'd say something and i i'd, I'd kind of re it for him to say back to the person and you know there's a lot of coaching going on and it's almost like we've traded places now it's really weird like he's more of the people person now and I I guess after being in in HR for 20 years and dealing with people it's almost like we have switched roles (laughs) it's quite
0: fascinating really though and I think that there can be this because I worked corporate as well and I managed people and they didn't have HR. And I think there becomes a point where you almost need to back off because you get saturated in the people stuff. Yeah. And so that saturation point, you need to like, I've learned since in my current role about the empathy and, and giving back people their troubles and managing the energy and all that sort of thing. But it's like things I wish I knew when I was working with people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. We
1: we have um. We had this one uh, subscriber contact us, and he he was the manager for some big corporation in the Midwest. And he said after watching the subscription and and implementing the same principles with his with his people, he ended up being like voted best manager of their division or something. Oh, how awesome! He, he yeah, he attributed it
0: directly to the subscription that was really cool to read very cool wow well and that's just my whole thing is like the intuitive drops that must have happened as you guys have evolved because i think it's been a warwick refers to you often and you know in terms of your ability to to get rid of your rabbits or you know helping your like searching for ways to support yourself so it's to me, the openness to try new things and where that takes you is an intuitive leap. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, the whole this whole business has, you know, I guess it is has been intuitive. People ask, you know, well, what's your business plan? And we both look at each other and just say, fly by the seat of our pants. That's the business, like truly, that is the business plan. It has all come about. With Warwick, you know, it, it has been Warwick's intuition on what to put out there and what to address, and I haven't had anything to do with that at all.
0: But I would think that there'd be, like, the bouncing off of ideas and, you know, like, there's there's got to usually be a yin and yang when, when you're in a partnership with people. And I find when you've got that sounding board the ideas go bigger than the original idea ever expected to go. Do you guys see that play out? Because you've, you've sure, got that yeah, intuitive sure. soundboard?
1: Especially like the, like three years ago when he had his, I don't know if he, I think I'm thinking of Brene Brown when I say spiritual awakening slash breakdown. Um, but it was kind of the same thing. You know, three years ago he, he had this realization and, has changed 180 degrees, you know, how he deals with just about everything. And there was never a time when he wondered whether he should be sharing it or not. He just started sharing it and it, and that's what I mean. Like fly by the seat of your pants. He just started sharing it and he didn't give any thought to how it was going to affect the business. And, it has actually affected the business in a more favorable. Like people have had a more favorable response to it than we could have ever imagined. You know, because he, he you know, he was a successful skills-based, you know, trainer and who competed in a in a high-level skills-based event, and to do that, 180 degree. You know, I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It's it's a totally different approach, and it's not one that is mainstream at at all in in those you know arenas.
0: Right. So, as you're watching your husband evolve from who you married, your intuition is just saying, "Go with this. Let's see where this goes." Because there's like, is that what's going on, or are you going, "Where's the man I married?" I mean, there are. Some
1: days I say that, but it's um, it's interesting because I can see why at this point in life, right? So we've been married 25 years. We're midlife for sure. I can see why and how divorces happen because if you think about it, if he had come home and said to me, and which he did, he said, I've had this awakening and this is the path I'm going and I hope that you come with me. But a lot of people I think could be freaked out about that. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I yeah. can see where a a partner would go, I'm that's not where I wanna go, you know, that's not comfortable. That's not and I'm not saying I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying I think I know why that could happen to, to people now. But he invited me and, you know, I of course said yeah, let's let's go. I mean I'm even not not as far down the, the rabbit hole as he is, but you know, I'm not resisting it either, so
0: No, no. Well and like you say, the the business has flourished from, from the epiphanies that have occurred. So you've been supported, so you must be making the right decisions is kind of the hindsight of it all. It's kinda of cool. So how does intuition come to you, Robin? How does it show up? You know, it shows up in my body.
1: i That's how I learn everything. I have to feel it. I have to do it. I read a lot, but until I actually feel it in my body, it doesn't really come to fruition for me. And, you know, I've always had a really good radar. So in HR, you know, we do a lot of recruiting, and I could always... Even if I was interviewing somebody and having it translated, because we, we where I worked was manufacturing mostly, and so we had a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking people that we interviewed, and so I'd have to have a translator there. And even through that, my radar was pretty good. You know, I could, I, I just, I could feel it. I could see maybe, and now looking back, knowing what I know more about energy, that's probably what I was feeling, mm. you know, feeling their energy and feeling their truths and, you know, things like that. But I was always pretty good about that with Warwick's clients too, you know, and and there would be, I I remember one specific client who I had to work on Warwick for years and years to get him to to understand what he was dealing with because this guy was, he had been um, an undercover narcotics agent and he, had been trained really well in the art of manipulation. Oh yes, and and Warwick just couldn't see what I could what I could feel, and it took years for him to really, really finally get it. That was that was interesting.
0: Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's a whole podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that type of energy incongruency exists in probably every circle so to trust what you feel that way can save a lot of drama he doesn't
1: doubt me anymore he, i've been right enough that he you know he actually asks me now oh perfect <laughs> what does radar say about that <laughs> he's getting better at it too you know the deeper he gets into things he he's getting better at that as well
0: Perfect. Well, and it's good to be able to have that open communication so that you guys can benefit from intuitiveness in that way. Because I don't know that everybody realizes that it's a superpower that everybody has. And we should be using it to avoid the drama or the pain or whatever the case may be. So that's fantastic that it's part of your world, really.
1: And you asked me before the podcast if I, you know, to to think about some things about intuition. So I wrote down some things, and I have two instances just recently that it happened, and and it, they both have to do with my son, my son Tyler. He's he's 23. He he graduated from uh, University of San Diego in 2019, and moved home to help us with the business. Cause he's you know he's got a business degree, and we figured he could he could help us a lot. And and he's done a fabulous job. Yeah. And a couple months ago, I guess it was February, because we were, we were away, February or March. He decides that he wants to buy a motorcycle. Mm. I don't know where he gets the idea because nobody, like, nobody we know ha- owns a motorcycle. Nobody he knows owns a motorcycle. So I don't know what, I don't know where he got the idea. But to say that I hated the idea is an understatement. And so while we were gone, he went and took a course and, you know, a safety course. And then he actually went out and and bought the motorcycle. He did everything, you know, to get his license and did everything. And, you know, so mom's not happy, but I have to balance, you know, letting him do what he needs to do. He's an adult. Well, there were two instances since he got the bike in the last. Uh, it's been, you know, probably about the last two months, so probably in May, where one night he had ridden the bike out to a friend's house. We we live in the country, so, you know, he rode a back road out there, and, and I just could not. He was still gone when we went to sleep, and I could not go to sleep. I was, it was, there was something wrong. I could just, my stomach was upset. I was a little bit crying. There was just something wrong. And he finally ended up getting home. And, of course, then I went to sleep. But the next morning, he tells us that he had pulled over because he had to answer the call of nature. And on the way out to this uh, friend's house, and he had pulled over on the side of the road and hit some gravel. And he was going really slow, but he hit the gravel and dropped the bike. And I knew. I just... I. I knew something had happened, and the same thing happened about a month later. Uh, it was the middle of the day. He had decided to go for a hike with somebody, and he was going to meet them about two hours away, and it was the first time he'd really, he's going to ride on the on the freeway, and so to help combat my, you know, anxiety, I was doing yoga, so I'm, I'm doing kundalini yoga, and it was during one of the meditations, and I start crying just burst out crying oh and so I looked at the I looked at the clock it was about this time of the day like two thirty in the afternoon and I continue I'm you know at that point chalked it up to man that was an intense
0: <laughs> <laughs> fair enough
1: and when he got home that night he said it happened again so he he had made a bad calculation about something and he, he wasn't going fast again He was turning again, but he dropped the bike, and and it fell on him this time. And I said, so what time was this? And he said, 2.30. And I'm like, oh, my God. I knew exactly when it had happened. Yeah. So, you know, I had been discussing whether having the bike was a good idea at this (laughs) point in time and, and kind of tried to tell him with these two examples that, you know, his actions, whether he wants it to or not, they affect other people. And he kind of got the message. He, you know, he was planning to move to Hawaii and within a half an hour of having that kind of discussion, like, you know, you, you do impact your mother. (laughs) We're pretty connected. So what you do has, has some impact on me within a half an hour of having that discussion he had booked his car to be shipped over there as well, which he was not going to do. He was going to keep, he was going to sell his car and just take the bike. So I got through to him. And mm-hmm. I mean, he does have the bike there as well. But, you know, at least I, I got him to take the car.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. You. I-
1: I, ch- I, tried to bu- I tried to buy the bike from him, but that didn't
0: work. And I
1: thought that that probably wasn't... That was probably not a good parental move, but I was pretty desperate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I have that superstition, to, you know? Things happen in three, so hopefully he's got that guardian on his shoulder when the third one happens. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but yeah, he's been lucky. But yeah, that connectivity thing is real. It's very real, and... In your instances, I'm glad everything worked out okay. Oof. Yeah, I had goosebumps on the first time. <laughs> I was like, oh.
1: Never, and I had never had like when you asked about that. I'm like, gosh, I can't really think of anything other than that. Like, I mean, I like the radar stuff, and you know, I know things about people. I guess, but that those two were freaky intuition. Yeah. Well, and, and recent. And recent and... Maybe I'm opening up something in me. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I would say, like, it is an evolution. And that's that's the thing. I think the more that we listen, the more open we become to, to receiving things differently. And I think almost the more... What is the word? The more secure we get or the healthier we are physically or... Like, it's almost like a foundation needs to be shored up sometimes. For some people, not everybody, in order to expand that channel. Um, it's like, once I'm able to handle what you're going to give to me, then give it to me. But not everybody's like that. Sometimes the channel's wide open and they're not able to handle everything that they see no do. And it, if they've got a mentor or somebody who they can at least talk to about it I think that can be helpful but yeah you very well might be opening up something it's awesome if that's the case your son won't be able to get away with anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: well he survived the hurricane it was it was a non-event so that that's that's good he well was, he was prepared for hurricane douglas and it, it skirted around hawaii so that was yeah. good.
0: yeah well and maybe that's the third thing Let's yes. Let's say that right. I would say that's the third thing. Yes, I, I'm good with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, he, uh, you know, he had to do quarantine uh, for two weeks when he moved, and he had a rough time. He was really homesick. It was very interesting. That was that was an interesting two weeks for us too.
0: It would have we
1: been making him like crazy, but we wanted to be strong for him because he was, you know, he would call and be crying, and it was it was
0: tough. Well, and your family has this this unique connectedness that not every family has the opportunity to do in that you travel together, you've worked together, you know, you've, you've lived in different countries together. Like not every family's been able to, to jump through those or tick off those particular boxes and, and still be liking each other. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes there's, there's, like connectivity gets blown apart by life events sometimes, so it's it's wonderful to see that regardless of miles, that that connection is still there, like Yes, to,
1: it is it's really cool,
0: yeah, yeah, wow, I really, really appreciate you sharing with us today, and I think that it's it's something to put just as much value. In the people behind the scenes of any particular business or work environment or you know if, if one partner in the marriage is is more behind the scenes than the other or more introverted than the other or whatever the case may be it's it doesn't take away from the pieces of the puzzle that that person brings to make the the whole better If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's super important to to be able to recognize that, no, we've all got something to bring to the table. And intuition is a huge part of it. (laughs) So thank you so much. No problem. Yeah, maybe we'll do this again. Sounds good. Thank you so much for giving us your time today we truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.